Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. So today we decided to revisit a topic that we recorded ages ago, back in 2017. This was episode nine. So compared to episode nine, we were fetuses back then, and we are grandmas now. Times have clearly changed, both in our external environments and within our personal lives, and priorities have definitely shifted. So today we wanted to give you all an update on the topic of work-life balance. How do we do it? Are we able to? Is it existent in our lives? It is definitely a topic that is very relevant for young working professionals. From jobs to managing relationships in your life to self-care, we want to dig into these specific struggles and some strategies for balance. So let's break this down into the categories of work, life, which includes relationships and dating, and friends and family, and side passion projects. On the topic of work, most of you out there know that myself, Helen, and Janet were able to make ABG our full-time jobs. We all left our corporate lives back in 2020 to pursue this passion project of ours, which is really a side project that we were able to balance with our regular nine-to-fives. So ladies, let's start with work. So right now, obviously ABG is our work. How do you think your schedule has changed? And when you think about work now versus work before, what comes to mind of what it is you are seeking to balance? Okay, so for me, I believe my answer to what I was balancing back in 2017 when we first recorded about this topic was the fact that I literally had no time for myself. I still remember sitting in the office at one in the morning in the middle of downtown LA, looking out onto the empty streets below and thinking to myself, like, this is the norm. That was my Mm -hmm. life. Anytime I left the office before, say, like 6 p.m., I felt like I was sneaking out because the office was still would still be full of people. And it was as if I wasn't pulling my weight or doing enough work. Um, And I'm sure a lot of people listening in on this podcast right now know exactly that feeling and know what I'm talking about, that feeling of guilt for leaving the office quote unquote early when everyone else is still around. So my internal dialogue during that time was that I had no balance. 
I think the job demanded a lot of my time, which was something that I was willing to endure because I had a goal of advancing myself in that career and I was proud of the role that I was in. But in order to do that, I had to trade off basically like everything else. Balance to me meant just getting my work done first and foremost. And if there was time, then it was time for friends and family. And then thirdly for myself, which kind of, I don't think I had much time for self-care at all. Now with ABG, I am no longer working to live, which is something that I was definitely doing before because our work and our lives have become very intertwined now and not in like an unhealthy way. I feel like both work and life are just aligned for us in this like very mission purpose-driven way that long hours don't feel as like draining and it just feels more satisfying to do the work now, in my opinion. Um, The thing that I find most difficult to balance with ABG though, that is different from working at a corporate job, two things come to mind. One, it's being able to separate our personal lives and our private lives, which we'll get into more later. But I think initially the most difficult thing for me was managing expectations of us, of the three of us as, as coworkers or colleagues, given how different our background and working experiences were. Um, and, and it's also balancing friendships and you know work relationships. Um, and then two, it's knowing the difference between work and what's our lives, because the two are just so blurred now. I don't think we're at a place yet, or I'm not at a place yet, where I know how to separate the two. Although I try to still keep things private, but not secretive, but it's just like, it's really hard to do. So I would say that's what I'm trying to balance right now with ABG as my full-time work. How about for you, Janet? I really like the way you described kind of how our work and our life blend together. And actually, when I think back to while I was working um, a full-time job, my idea of the ideal career slash lifestyle was kind of like what I guess I had read about as term like lifestyle career or like Mm. businesses Mm -hmm. where you basically take I mean your life and your work become blended and become one and I do think that that's kind of what we've achieved so thinking back to my previous careers I do feel like I have more agency um, and flexibility and if you want to call it like creativity that I'm allowed with my work schedule Um, so you know I don't necessarily have to be plugged in exactly from nine to five because the way we work at ABG we have set scheduled meetings throughout the week and oftentimes those meetings might happen actually out of the nine to five schedule because many members of our team work other jobs Um, and then we have work that we each can do individually that doesn't have to happen together so as long as you get it done at a certain time by the next meeting or or you know deliver whenever you say you are you have the freedom to work kind of when you like. And honestly, this isn't too different than some of the UX jobs I've had. In some of the previous jobs I had, we would have set meetings and then outside of those meetings, you get your work done however you want. But the main difference is because I was still an employee uh, working for an employer, I often was nervous about fully exercising my right to do that. Um, But I did watch, you know, other senior people who were comfortable enough to just kind of come into the office for only meetings and then, you know, work that they needed to do on their own time. They would tell people, I'm going to be at a coffee shop or I'm going to be at home. Or they say, you know, I'm going to go log off and for for the rest of the workday, but I'll pick up again later in the evening. Um, so I was just shy about exercising that, that agency, but now that it's our own company, I feel more comfortable with doing that. And so, you know, 
as long as I get my work done and I'm fully accessible to the people that need to access me when they need to, I'm able to set up my schedule so that I feel comfortable um, going for walks in the middle of the days, you know, doing a yoga session, uh, grabbing a coffee with a friend. And because of the shift to working from home, Um, that has been a result of the pandemic. I actually think that many companies and now, you know, a lot of our listeners might be finding themselves in similar situations of being able to work from home, if not full-time, for at least a few days a week. And so I'm curious to hear about whether other people have figured out ways to work with their team so that they have more flexibility in their day-to-day schedule. Um, If that's you, I'm curious if you could leave us, you know, a comment for this episode and let us know how your work-life balance has maybe changed um, on the day-to-day day. Another way that work-life balance is changing for me is a result of the fact that I think we are in a different phase for ABG. Um, You know, the last two years when we first went full-time, we had to do a lot of face-to-face meetings and working together in real time to build the foundation. But now, two years later, we have systems in place, we have processes, we have team members, and now our role as founders is shifting a bit as we enter this new season for ABG. We're in a new phase in our company that I think requires the three of us to do more big picture thinking, research, brainstorming, uh, more setting up work that we may not be the ones to actually execute, more oversight and more strategy than actual execution. Uh, But that also means that when it comes to work, the definition of a productive day is also different than it was before. Um, So, you know, I think other people can relate to this in their career, no matter what type of work they work in, that there will be some periods where, you know, grinding means you're getting a lot of things executed and done. And other periods, grinding or being productive is um, more about information gathering and conversations and maybe the deliverable or thing that you actually end up doing in a day is only one thing, but it took a lot to get to that one thing. So those are some of the ways that I feel like work-life balance has changed for me over the last couple of years. How about you, Mel? Ooh, I like hearing both of your answers. It's extremely well thought out. It was like, wow, very organized. Mine is not as organized. Let's go chaos. (laughs) It kind of is a representation where I think where I am personally, my work-life balance, like I don't have it figured out in this current moment yeah but let's reflect back and that's okay yes because you actually have a lot going on we all have different things going on yeah so i thought it was really interesting to read back our old outline and our old answers from the previous episode because i think a lot of things have changed Um, before when we recorded this episode i was working in production and i remember literally wearing like athleisure clothes running around and being on my feet for six to ten hours depending on the shoot and I remember being physically exhausted after after work and be like, damn, I cannot move because mm-hmm. I've been on my feet. I've been running around in the heat. Like, I'm just physically tired. And I do think sometimes when you're physically tired and you're in the sun, mentally, you just I don't want to do anything. Mm. But if I look at my work now, I think in some ways, personally, I feel like balancing work now is even harder than before. Um, like right now, I feel like it's a more of a mental battle versus a physical battle to turn off. And then there's a sense of, I do feel a sense of responsibility to hold, like to hold up my part with ABG since we are one of three co-founders. It's just like, even though we have an extremely great team, we're the ones that work like full time. So it's just kind of like this sense of like, I need to make sure I'm carrying my load or else Helen and Jen are going to feel the weight on their shoulders. And I don't want that to happen. 
Um, but of course, this is given the context that, you know, with my old job, I worked at a place where I can actually mentally sign off by six o'clock and then shift my attention to ABG. So it's very different than Helen's full-time job where she was there to 1 a.m. Because by then I'll be asleep in bed. Because <laughs> um, I think I was really fortunate with my last few previous jobs where they're actually very adamant, like you're done at a certain time or like I was able to log off because for us, we're not shooting at like 1 a.m. <laughs> like it's very like, it was pretty clear. So I was able to shift my focus to ABG and then like, beyond this like reg- like regimen schedule i think now with abg it's harder because i had to set the boundaries within myself you know before i think i kind of liked the security of having a manager that's like all right mel you're done like kind of having someone to tell me you're right you're good but now we're all our own bosses i'm not gonna be like Helen, Jenna, tell me to sign off like it's not like that it doesn't work that way anymore it's kind of like I need to like, I need to advocate for myself. But the thing is, I can only do that when I know what my boundaries are, right? So yeah, I think with ABG now to set clear boundaries with myself. What are those boundaries that you're setting for yourself? I think one thing I realize is that I think between the three of us, I am not a 9L when it comes to work. I like working at 10 o'clock to like seven, I don't know, like the regular hours. And then sometimes I'll pop in and out depending off like, if I see my Slack go off, because I know you guys are messaging, I'll check in. But then I like to be like, no, by a certain time, I'm going to be off and I'm going to be eating dinner and enjoying my evening. I won't check back online until the next morning unless someone texts me something urgent. So I think I'm good at setting those hours within for myself. Um, so that's one boundary. I'm just like, and I think you both are well aware of that. Also being okay if I see messages come through from the both of you at night because it's acknowledging that like, hey, we have different working times. And side tangent, I just listened to a podcast by Jay Shetty. He was talking about how there is a certain, like everyone is actually built differently. So like some people are very proactive and very efficient during like work, certain, certain working hours, depending on your sleep schedule actually. Mm-hmm. And so I think I am the one to go to bed earlier amongst the three of us. So it makes sense I'm more productive in the morning. So just understanding that, acknowledging that is something that I realized before when before you'd be like, oh my God, you guys are up online. I have to go, I have to be up at night too. Like that kind of thing. But you felt the personal pressure. I did. Yeah, I yeah. did. Because I wasn't used to working with people like that actually. So mm-hmm. because of my previous jobs, everyone would sign off at a certain time. So that's something I am figuring out with boundaries um, or I have figured out. Um, I will say with ABG, there's so many pros to it. Like I think like Helen and Janet mentioned, like we have a lot of flexibility. Um I could do errands during the week because you're kind of beating the weekend traffic with that. Um, And I think sometimes like, again, it's like a work-life balance question you ask yourself. There are days where I'm like, okay, you know what? Sometimes I'd rather go to the coffee shop on a Sunday and do work versus maybe on Wednesday, I'm going to go do my my dry cleaning. But just acknowledging those, like I can have the opportunity to do that and acknowledge that. So that's really cool. But I think another thing I want to add is that this topic of work-life balance, I will say that people will struggle with this it's not like a constant struggle or it's not also like you're going to have it solved and fixed all at once. Like I do think there are moments in my life, even with ABG, like maybe last year I was like, you know what? I have this like balance, like figured out. Like I think I was on this good like flow, but there are seasons or periods of our work that I'm going to be like, I don't have it figured out and I don't know what to do. It's because I think Janet mentioned so many times in previous episodes that our workflow changes all the time because we're working on certain projects or like depends on what's coming in. So I think currently in my season of work, I'm trying to figure it out again. So that is like where I am currently. Uh, and I think we're going to dive deeper into the different topics as to what, what led to that, mm-hmm. led to the current state of where I'm at. I, I really like the uh, highlight of the fact that it's a different season. And you're right, work-life balance is not like a one destination point. You hit it and then you're good um, because 
your work is going to constantly change, your career might change, um, and it's constantly a shift. Um, speaking of changes, Helen, now that you're transitioning back onto ABG from your maternity leave um, and returning back now as a working mom, how has that been for you? In what ways are you finding balance or not finding balance there? Mm, this question. I feel like working in corporate, I would always hear this question directed to high-level execs who are moms. This question of like, how are you able to work and be a partner and raise a baby boy? And this is the first time I'm getting asked that question. So it's exciting. <laughs> but before I go into it, I'm just going to tell you all that it's not my answer in its final form. Because in this moment where my son is five months old, wow, five months old, almost half a year. Oh my gosh. I am just getting glimpses of balance. And I know finding balance is a constantly changing thing. Definitely not there yet. So sorry if you're excited for this answer because it's not going to be that exciting. But okay. So to answer this question, I will say that I feel very lucky to be in a unique situation. I think just hearing all of our ways that we are happy with the balance that we are getting from our jobs now versus as entrepreneurs versus what we were going through in corporate. Um, I do feel very lucky that as an entrepreneur, I have two of my best friends as my co-founders because of the immense grace you both have given me with my transition into motherhood and with the three months that I took off after my baby was born, which got extended to four months because three months was just absolutely not enough time. Like standard maternity leave in the US is so bad. It is like abominable. And I never use that word, but it's abominable. And even four didn't feel like enough. And what's funny is that I didn't even advocate for myself to extend my leave to four months. Jay, I think you might have brought it up. And then Mel, you were very much in agreement with it. But you both had advocated for me to extend my leave. I think I was just so in the thick of it, of being sleep deprived, of figuring out motherhood at the end of three months, that I didn't even know what I needed for myself. And you two saw how much I was still struggling and figuring out this new way of life. And you both said, so do you want to extend like one more month? And I just like immediately felt so much weight get lifted off my shoulders. All that to say, I think to find balance, and this is what you were mentioning, Mel, is that no matter what your situation is, whether you're a mom or not, the key to balance is that you have to be an advocate for yourself and for your needs. And when you're in the thick of it, lean on your friends to advocate for you because they can help you find that balance when you can't see it for yourself. So for me, the way that we're handling my transition back to ABG, to be fully transparent with everyone out there, is in phases. So right now we're in phase one, where I'm maybe like 50, 60% back on ABG work. And then phase two is where we'll reassess and increase my workload then. So this agreement that we came to as was as founders of our own business, creating a standard for maternity leave for our company. And it's really just like a result of trial and error, which I think is really cool that we're able to do that. Right now, we don't have consistent childcare. Luckily, Phillips, my husband's mom, is retired and she comes by to help for a week at a time. And my parents were able to be here twice the past five months. But there are several weeks where it's just me and Philip. And during those weeks, like very, very little gets done. Actually, I think one of the biggest struggles that I had with the first few months of motherhood was this feeling of wanting to be completely present for my little one, which he is absolutely the priority. Like, I love being a mother. I love him so much, as you ladies see. Like, he's my source of happiness these days, and I think he's the source of Mel's happiness as well. <laughs> right? He's adorable. I was literally like, 
<laughs> but I think as I observe like other small business owners who are working moms and kind of project what my trajectory might look like as a mom, I know deep down for myself that I want to be a working mom. And that's a personal decision. It's not everyone's decision, but I knew early on that balance was something that I'd had to figure out if this was a desire for myself to be a career woman and a, a boss ass mom. So I feel like this could be a whole topic in itself, but in those first few months after I had our baby, I felt what you have all probably heard about a lot is that postpartum depression. And it came in waves. And I think the days where the waves were the strongest was when I would literally have one thing on my to-do list that I wanted to do for myself, for my own sanity. For example, there was a day where I wanted to open up some delivery boxes and clean out the area near our front door so we didn't have to like trip over the boxes while walking to our house. And that was the only thing that I wanted to get done in a whole day. And I literally was not able to do it. And I remember that day in particular, our baby was going through a leap, which is like a developmental phase. And he was extra cranky, not napping well and needing me to hold him all day long. And I just felt like such a failure, like a bad mom, also bad at self-care, failing at like everything, no balance whatsoever. So what I've had to learn to do is really lean on my husband a lot to ask for help, but also realize me taking care of a little human who is happy and healthy and precious to just recognize that me doing that as a new mom was enough. Like with all the moms I've talked to, this feeling of guilt and not doing enough is so, so strong, but Truly believing that you are doing enough is so important. So for anyone out there that's listening and struggling through parenthood, please know that you are doing enough. I think sometimes the feeling of balance is really just a mental game. Like I had to trust that I'd fill my tank in the the self, the me category a few more weeks out and, and that being present was the most important thing that I could do for myself and for my baby. And that mental shift really made me so much happier and it made me show up to be a better mom to my baby too. So... Balance is still something that I'm struggling with. I take it day by day, but I think just trying to be present and knowing that the day will come where I can be a full-time working mom or to find that balance, where whatever that looks like for me, that I will get there one day. So trusting the process. Thank you so much for sharing that, Helen. That was an amazingly... I don't, Mel and I are listening like it's story time. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I think, I mean, obviously we, because you have been so busy with stuff rightfully so you know we get only so much hangout time when we we get to catch up on some of the surface things but sometimes we don't talk about exactly what you've been experiencing day to day so thank you for sharing that and um i am i don't know i've just been really like wild it's been wild watching you as a friend grow into this role and also as like um you know a co-founder someone that works with you and you are doing an amazing job Mm -hmm. so know that and I love that you had that message to share with our listeners out there because I can only imagine that it is definitely not easy and it's harder perhaps when you have more free will in your own company to create the boundaries right Mm -hmm. um so yeah I mean you are doing an amazing job it's definitely going to get better and we are going to be here with you. Mm-hmm. So, and thank you so much for opening up and sharing for that. I think cuz that's going to help a lot of people. Thank you. Yeah. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. 
Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I feel like my perspective that I'm bringing onto this podcast is going to be a different one than old Helen, but I really hope that even non-moms or non-parents out there can find some value in what I'm sharing still. And even just me caveating that a bit is a good transition (laughs) into my next question for y'all. So I'll bring up a little bit of my own experience as well. Um, But, you know, as people in the public eye, our personal lives are out there for people to comment on and critique. And what's funny, I guess not so funny, is that On the first week I had come back to ABG, we recorded an episode about my labor and birth journey. It was an episode that I was extremely nervous to record, and I pushed out the recording for like two months. Like we Mm -hmm. scheduled it for, what, three months after I got back, or like two months after I got back, and then it didn't happen for another two months, because it was just so personal to me, and I wasn't ready to share it yet. Um, And a few days after it was out, someone on our team messaged me and shared a negative comment about the episode. And... I'll be honest, it definitely hurt when I first read it because the episode was so personal. I mean, I was just shocked. And I think what's worse is that it was non-moms making judgments about a mom, which is just Mm -hmm. so ridiculous to me. And in that moment, I did feel like, you know, okay, what am I, am I not sharing the right things? I wanted to start filtering what I said or what I was sharing even though I've received hundreds of positive and supportive comments for just appreciating the transparency of what it is like to be a new mom. But I think the way I navigated that was one, not to feed the trolls. So as much as I wanted to comment and defend and be like, you're wrong, blah, blah, blah. I calmly did not because, you know, sometimes they just don't deserve that attention. But two, to focus on the amazing community that we have surrounded ourselves with and to focus on that instead. And it's easier said than done. But I think that's how now I actually don't even remember what their comment really was, but that's how I got over that, you know. But if it happens frequently, it's really hard to get out of that mental space. 
Um, so my question for you ladies is that as someone in the public eye, we need to figure out how to balance our personal lives with our work lives and what we put out there. How have you two been managing it? <sighs> Man, this is something I've been thinking a lot about too. Um, more so maybe this year and a little bit of la. I don't know. It's just been something I've been thinking about maybe the last year. And I will say it's been a struggle. I think like Helen mentioned, even though it might be like one or two negative comments, it feels like it's piercing me directly. It's like a direct hit to my biggest insecurity. And it's just like, and that hurts even more. And I am deeply affected by those negative comments. One, whether it's towards me, I think it's extremely hurtful. Um, and I think when I hear these negative comments, I think a lot, a lot of like inner dialogue just starts happening in my head. And even right now when I'm talking about it, I get really sensitive because I do think of myself as that little girl again of how I was so afraid. Like I do, I'm afraid of judgment. I'm afraid of anyone critiquing me. And I think that's how I was as a little girl. Mm-hmm. So for me, even stepping into this space where I do share my personal life and having people say mean things, say mean things or critique in a non-constructive way, it's just like I'm, I resort back to that little girl or that little person again. So it's really hurtful for me because sometimes I feel like I wasn't made for this. Like my, my mental state, like just how I was getting critiques for me was really difficult, but I learned to build a backbone for it Two, For me, it's also really when the comments are directed towards you both, it really pains me because you guys are my close friends and I have a sense of strong sense of wanting to protect. Like, I'm not gonna lie. When I saw those things towards Helen, I reacted instantly and I was like, hell the fuck no. And for me, as someone who I know I'm afraid, I'm afraid to like, I think about that person or like, this is so random, like, you know, like when you get into fights, you're like, I'm going to go and defend my friend. I'm going to like fight back. That's usually not who I am. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to stand in the corner and call for help. Because <laughs> I'm just not a combative person. Mm. But I think sometimes with these type of trolls or they say things that I'm like, you have no idea what the hell's going on. I don't know if it's because I just feel like uh, I know how it hurts me. I don't want that pain to move on to you two that I'm just I'll jump and defend even though I'm like putting myself at risk or danger or whatever like mm-hmm. being trolled on to but yeah and I think for me it's because I, I I love my friends I don't want that to be directed towards the people I love and care about um so it's really hard you know it's hard to like you know this whole thing like I I don't know like I, I've been thinking a lot about it and it's it's weird because it's kind of like yeah it could be one or two things said to you but it's crazy how some of these comments can literally shatter your confidence Mm. shatter like who you think you I don't know like and then I've been there before where like people said mean things about like the way I sound the things I talk about and like I broke one year and it sucked Mm -hmm. and so like for me when I think about even now when I was able to get myself out of that dark place whenever I see negative comments or critiques I always I I mean I told you both this but I feel like sometimes I'm walking this really fine line of I'm I'm afraid to drop again Mm -hmm. to a place where I really lost my self-confidence so I get really afraid talking about this stuff. Um, so with that, I think this also kind of directly feeds my struggle with work-life balance because, again, our job is public-facing and I'm sharing my personal life out there. I'm not like A-list celebrity level, but I am sharing my life on a microphone like I am right now. But it makes me think about a lot of things. Like one, sometimes I feel like people see us as products instead of actually people. Mm -hmm. You know, I get it. 
because our content is based again on our personal lives but the way some people interact with us it's as if they forget we're actually humans and we have feelings too like the way you talk to me whether it's online or whatever and sometimes i'm like even some of the dms i get it's a little demanding and i'm just like oh like would you treat your family members or like your friends this way and like i i don't know like sometimes i'm just like i wonder why you feel like it's okay to, to talk to me this way mm. you know so and I think it's hard because I do, again, I know we say we're a business, we're a company, we operate like one, but our product in essence is our lives. It's our personal stories. And yes, we choose to put out there, but at the same time, I do think there's a level of empathy and a respect that needs to be given both ways. Mm-hmm. I would never speak to our listeners or anyone that we encounter like this. Why do you think it's okay for you to say that, that to speak to me that way as well? Mm-hmm. I think that's something I need to, I, I think about. It's like, again, we are not products. We are people behind this. And two, I think with some of the stuff, you know, said to me or reading some of the whatever, like the the things people say that are more negative, I find myself retracting a bit more and wanting to protect myself when it comes to my personal life and actually wanting more privacy. And I've always been someone that's like really open and like, yeah, let me just share a little bit more because like it's been, it was fun for me. It's like my playground on social. I think the way I've been managing, I'm still figuring it out because again, I think for those one negative comments, we get so many more encouraging ones that have been so like, I save and I screenshot some of them because like these are things I read when I need a little bit of like motivation or like encouragement. So thank you again for those that have been saying the nice things. They mean so much to us even more because it is hard when you see these negative things. But the way I've been managing or I guess protecting is that I still share, like, you know, I still share, but I want to protect some of the sacred moments I have in my life. Mm-hmm. So like one... You know, I do maintain some kind of privacy. I don't put everything on blast. Like, you know, back in the day on like Snapchat, you post everything. No, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, to, I think I shield, I, try, I think I sometimes I try to shield certain moments and people away from any opinion. I think again, like being the public guy, you get unsolicited opinions and it's not fun. So whether it's like precious moments with my family or like certain moments with my friends, I'll just choose not to share. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the world doesn't have to see what I'm doing at all times. These right. are moments I can keep for myself. Right. So that's been something. And I wrote a list of things I've been managing even more, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, sure. First thing, kind of like I said, not sharing everything on social media and keeping moments for myself. So that's why I do believe that everything you see on social isn't someone's full life. Mm-hmm. I'm sharing what I, I'm excited to share and, and moments I'm also, I'm okay with sharing, but also keeping like a slice of privacy for yourself. It's, it's, it's for my sanity too. It's like, I just making sure I'm protecting my mental health, which is going to therapy, having, you know, self-care routines in place. And three, kind of like giving myself patience and time to process whatever I'm going through to be ready to share when I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And lastly is I'm trying to figure out like how not to care anymore about what people think. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's an ongoing struggle that I'm working through. So those are some ways how I'm managing well, I just first off want to say um, I had a couple of thoughts huh. here. So when you did um, when you did respond back to that negative comment that was directed at me, like I just felt so like yeah, it felt like we were at the club and you just like <laughs> came in and was like hello, how dare you? So <laughs> um, it made it made me feel very much protected in that way. I think in my mind is just knowing that some people just want to get these comments out and. Mm-hmm. And to try not to focus on those people and to really just focus on all the positive comments that we are receiving, all the encouraging and supportive ones, is easier, much easier said than done. But 
I feel like that is the way to move forward in such a public facing job that we do have, you Mm -hmm. know, because we're opening ourselves to like the entire world of the internet and literally anyone could say anything to us, which is kind of crazy to think about it, right? We used to be very private in our corporate lives, but now we're sharing every little detail of our lives, a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's knowing that those comments are inevitably going to come our way, the more people that we reach. So I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is here. Mm -hmm. I think that's where we're trying to figure out the balance as well. And I know us even talking about this right now is a very unique situation because not everyone out there listening to us is going to be an entrepreneur. It's going to be a front-facing public figure. But um, I think us sharing this is also giving you all a little bit of insight of what we go through having chosen this as our profession. um, And, you know, this is just the reality of what's behind the scenes too. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. But I do want to say, Mel, like I am – I, we both are really proud of you for how much you've like come from the last like what one or two years where you said you shared with me personally you said I know that like this sucks but at the same time I I know that two or three years ago a comment like that would have told like would have killed me mm-hmm. and now it's like I can look at it it sucks and I'm angered but I'm contained and I can articulate how I feel about it and I can say mm-hmm. what I'm going to do about it and that is like a lot that's mm-hmm. huge growth yeah. and I also want to say I don't want to say that like being able to have a quote-unquote backbone is the way that you should go because I think your sensitivity is a huge strength of yours and I would hate for you to like shut that away mm-hmm. for the sake of a couple of random bad comments right yeah yeah, yeah. um so I think like your you're going through that hard experience and for any listener out there too even if you're not public facing know that your sensitivity is a great strength mm. but it's sometimes when you're when you're facing situations where you're going to get a lot of criticism you're going to have to learn how to balance that mm-hmm. like you know how to hold on to the sensitivity but also maintain to not let it like topple you over mm-hmm. um, and actually Helen you were sharing that you used to be like more sensitive and a people pleaser that actually made me realize like I think I was very much like that as a child too and one thing that I've been grappling with is like when we get all these negative comments I feel like I'm always the last to see them out of the three of us um and then for some reason for me like when it's about ABG or how we run our company I kind of like it stings but I'm kind of like okay fine like Mm -hmm. everyone can have their opinion but it's when it's personal then it stings a little bit more but even then I feel like I get a little bit like it rolls off and I think when I think back to why that is, I think that when I was younger, I was a very sensitive kid and I probably got hurt multiple times from little comments that people made. And then because of the trajectory of my life where I feel like I kind of going through job changes, I stepped away from the path and was became just very used to people disregarding me or looking at me kind of like oh then you're not doing very much or oh so I just kind of got used to like okay well people's opinions don't actually like I'm able to survive that Mm -hmm. and then I think also going into the world of design I remember when we were doing projects in the beginning they always say it's hard for people in the beginning because you take things very personally but in order to like when you're working every day you might be getting three different things critiqued and like 10 different things said about your design and if you take everything personally you're never going to get any work done so Mm -hmm. I just started almost maybe negatively putting up a wall and I just don't when people make critiques I'm like that's an opinion I will consider and it's not necessarily true or it can it can be true if I choose for it to be so I think there's a little bit of that for me but even so I think when I when I see the way that it affects when it's more directly towards either of you then I get very I'm not as good as Melib's being able to articulate because I think I just I start to feel it and I just get protective but I don't know how to protect really Mm -hmm. I don't I think I'm still not very 
this still feels like a little bit of a foreign world for me on social media in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'm still trying to work through how I want to balance all that. And for me, it's less about my personal effect because I'll read comments about people being like, oh my God, like you're so desperate. You're always asking for like a husband. And I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, that's a that's an opinion. <laughs> and I don't really feel it. But if it's directed towards my friends, I see them being hurt. Or for example, my family, because my... My parents are Chinese and I think for a lot of Asian families there is a rejection of the spotlight and they don't want their lives highlighted and I've had multiple conversations with my mom who is like you need to like be careful you're putting yourself out there it's dangerous or even like hey do you know if you're out there talking about being a single woman like what man's gonna want to marry and she doesn't use Mm. those words but it is a Mm -hmm. very traditional Mm -hmm. way of thinking and I want to protect I don't like seeing her feel affected by that. Um, so that is something I'm trying to balance where like it's not necessarily that it affects me personally but if it affects the people in my life how do I put a boundary around that Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure yet Mm -hmm. like I don't Mm -hmm. really know You don't need a summer getaway to transport yourself. Book your smoothest gig with the wax experts at European Wax Center. It's about more than just waxing. It's about taking control of your lifestyle, making bold choices, and apologetically making time for a moment of smooth. It's been a week since my last wax appointment, and my skin is still silky smooth. This is perfect because I'm about to go on my surf trip to Costa Rica, and I can feel confident in my swimsuit as I ride the waves. Besides the confident feeling I get leaving my reservations, I love how their products also maintain the quality of the wax. In between my reservations, I take care of myself by using their aloe body polish and their ingrown hair serum. These two products ensure that my skin remains so smooth and prepares me for my next European Wax Center reservation. When you visit European Wax Center, you get the best by the best. Their certified wax specialists are expertly trained in prepping, protecting, and pampering your skin. Barbecue, beach, boat, whatever it is, you'll feel confident in your skin. Book your smooth escape with the experts at European Wax Center. Make a reservation today. Your first wax is free. All right, we're going to move on to another subject under work-life balance, which is relationships and dating. So, Helen, you're up first. Okay. Hey, we know you're... <laughs> so, we know you're in a committed relationship with your husband now. So crazy, because I think when we recorded the first one, he was still your, boy- he was still your boyfriend, and you haven't moved in yet. Really? Or you might have just moved in. Whoa. Crazy, right? <laughs> so, knowing that you're both so busy, how do you find time for each other? Mm, okay. This question makes me think about this cartoon image of this... It's like a before and after of a couple in bed, pre-baby and post. And the pre-baby image is this couple all up on each other, cuddling, little hearts all around them. And then the post, there's a baby smack dab in between them. But you see at the foot of the bed, the couple's toes are intertwined, still like holding each other, still connected, just with the baby between them. And I feel like that image is literally the life that me and Philip are living right now. We connect through like quick hugs, passing by touches, going for at least a 10 minute walk each day. Even if it's just like 10 minutes, it just helps us out so much just to be outside and to be with each other and catching up with each other. Um, And I find that now we always drop everything and support each other whenever the other person needs the other person. Like it's without question. I think before I'd be like, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to go do that. Or like he would say that. But there was one time I did that (laughs) where I think he was 
handling the baby and then I was, I forget what I was doing, but I wasn't doing much and I was like, okay, finally I get to relax a little bit for five minutes. And he had asked me to help him get like a cloth or something because the baby spit up and I was just like, <sighs> and then he was just like, what? You never do that. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't do that anymore, which is crazy, right? Like even that little hesitation, mm -hmm. I realized that right now what we're doing for each other is we literally drop everything. And we're just like, I got you. Just because mm -hmm. we know what the other person is going through with baby and balancing career and trying to like do so many things. We're trying to operate at like our optimal levels while still being sane and just being very compassionate towards each other. So that's kind of like how we've been operating. Mm -hmm. Um, and we are just very intentional with like the little time that we have. Like anytime we have time with each other, like, okay, let's go for a walk. Okay, let's just walk around our house and come back. You know, it's just like little things where we're finding moments for each other. So that's where we are right now. That's really cute. The the toe grabbing or the toe holding is <laughs> oh, very... Oh, you know I hate feet too. I know, I know. <laughs> Sometimes it's sweaty and I'm like, mm, but okay. <laughs> Can you give us another example of um, when you two fail to make time for each other? Mm -hmm. And like, how did you resolve it? Because I know it's so... Honestly, you guys have so much on your plate. As your friends, I'm like, y'all like hella busy. So let me think. Um, we... So we missed our wedding anniversary because we were so busy that mm. it was like in May. And I think it was May 11th when... I was just like, oh my gosh, Philip, we missed our wedding anniversary, our first one ever. And it was a good thing that we both missed it because if one yeah, person oh, missed yeah. it, it would have been <laughs> really true. bad. And I think we were just like, again, just like understanding of the situation that we're in. I think it was also just Mother's Day. So mm. he had done something really big for Mother's Day and he was like, oh my gosh, I was focused on that. I didn't think about our wedding anniversary. And I, don't, I think we just gave each other grace on that. It's a mm. lot of grace that's just being given. Mm. And we're like, okay, we'll go to dinner one day. And then whatever that dinner is, it's like, that's going to be for our wedding anniversary. So um, yeah, I think there are a lot of times where we just kind of like are dropping the ball here and there, but we're giving each other the grace that we need. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. I expect very little now. <laughs> <laughs> Lowered expectations. That's a secret. <laughs> exactly. That's a secret to happiness, y'all. <laughs> okay. Enough about me. Janet. Let's move on. Janet. Ugh. Janet, you are in the beloved and fun dating pool. Oh, so fun. So fun. So fun in here. Oh, God. <laughs> How are you finding time to connect and meet with the potential love of your life if you are? Oh, man. Um, well, for any listeners who caught some of our episodes earlier in the year, you know that um, I've been kind of struggling, I guess, after a year of more quote-unquote serious relationships. Um, I was, in the beginning of the year, just really not motivated to get back into the dating pool. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was less about trying to fit it into my schedule logistically because I had the time, but it was more of a morale issue. How did I balance? Like when we talk about work-life balance, I liked how both you ladies talked about it's not just physical time. It's like a lot of it is a mental thing. Mm -hmm. So having the mental space to balance being able to uh, date um, has been kind of a challenge. But I will say there's been more activity in the last like two months I've been on only a handful of dates in person but a couple um so because there's only been a couple of face-to-face -face dates it's been pretty and they and they've been like in like intros through friends there was one that was through an app and none of them were too I guess I don't know they felt easy so it was good um and, and I have been on the apps and I I am now like I guess emotionally mentally and time-wise able to swipe more I often do it 
not a good time to do it, but at night in bed right before I go to sleep, just because I have my phone on me. So I'm going through my many, many swipes. And yesterday, I finally signed up for premium hinge per Mel's recommendation. <laughs> so I'm fronting the 30 bucks. Um, and I also, based off of Mel's recommendation, uh, deleted my account and recreated an account because supposedly oh, that resets cause the it, algorithm. Because yeah. I've had the same, like, I've changed up my profile a little bit, but I've had the same account for like five years. So Hinge and Bumble and all those, they're remembering the algorithm of all the things that I've been swiping. So this is a good way to like reset and get maybe new people. Wait, but what if you're, you're swiping no on those people though? So why are you still getting the same people back? Yeah, but then it's like I might get served people that they weren't serving me that now I would maybe be into. Mm. Whereas before, maybe I maybe five years ago, Janet wouldn't. And then oh. now five five years later, Janet is. Interesting. Hey, yeah. hacks for anyone else. Hacks. There. I yeah. learned, yeah. Dating app hack. How are your matches? Um, I So the, uh, what I realized was bad was I did that and... And signed up for premium at the same time so I have no idea what is making the difference oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm getting a lot of just people liking things on my profile so I'm getting a lot more like in the queue I mean I have a couple that um uh, I haven't responded because I just did it yesterday so I have a couple where people have messaged and I need to respond back I've been able to make more mental and emotional um space for dating now I feel like to be honest there was one guy I was kind of had my hopes up about like um Maybe the last month we went for one coffee and then he responds, but he doesn't really reach out and he's kind of, eh, and I'm just, I kind of get the feeling that he's not, he's just not, if he's not reaching out, he's not into it, right? So now that I've kind of mentally closed that door, I think I'm more able to balance new opportunities. Um, and in terms of personal relationships, I think now I'm, a, I, like I said, because our work schedule is a little bit more flexible, as much as I sound like I really want to get married and start a family really, really soon. I also recognize um, how rare it is to to have the amount of time just for myself selfishly that I do right now as a 36-year-old woman um, who also then work, you know, is in, works with her friends and has flexibility in her schedule and who then has the opportunity to spend that time one-on-one -on -one with my parents at this age without the obligation of a husband or a family. And so I really try to you know I've already was visiting them on weekends before but now I'll pop in on random weekdays um, during the day if my mom's running an errand I have the luxury because I don't have to be plugged in all the time that I can go run an errand with her and it's mm -hmm. in those mundane things that I learned that I really connect with my parents I've been really trying to to value and put to good use the free time that I do have before I move on to the next stage of my life I guess I love that. <laughs> so intentional with being present. Trying. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of time in the beginning of the year where I felt like I was just wasting time because I didn't know what to do with myself and I couldn't I couldn't remove my fixation from like, oh, I'm so lonely. I don't have a mm. partner. I'm not making any progress. And I feel like I'm starting to finally flip where I'm getting the energy and the motivation and the mental and emotional balance and capacity to like spend that time out elsewhere yeah and I, I i honestly can feel the shift already yay and i'm really happy for you thank you too. thank you i'm smiling just having her talk me too about it. It, makes <laughs> me happy. it makes me happy my friends Aww, are happy thank you ladies yeah. now you you both were very very present and um very supportive through my dark period i suppose you can say so thank you so much for that thank you for being present and supportive of my dark Aww. period too yeah. Wow. Okay. If I was listening to this podcast, I'd be like, I want to start a, a company with my best yeah. friends. <laughs> Full support system. Um, let's move on to Miss Mel now. 
So, Mel, you are recently... I don't know what to oh, call it. Oh, let's move on she's, to this. She, Mel, she, I forgot. She's putting her... She's hiding behind oh her hair right gosh. now. I don't know what you want to call it. You're, like, talking to someone. You've met someone. Um, <laughs> but obviously, it's 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 an extra, you know, thing to balance mentally and emotionally and in your time. Your schedule's, like, mm-hmm. super busy right now. Mm-hmm. Share w- with our <laughs> listeners how you are balancing your... Love and personal life right now. I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> um, ooh, okay. Um, why am I getting all nervous? Because there's always a first time to bring up something on yeah. the mic, and this is the first time. This is the first time. I Here know. we go. She's doing her. She's doing everything she can to avoid talking I about it. She's put up her hair. Okay. <laughs> it's it's funny because I didn't expect to talk about this so early on. I think mm-hmm. that's. Like, kind of like I mentioned earlier in the episode, I'm needing to want to protect the sacred things in my life. This is something I'm trying to protect this time around um, because I've shared a past relationship on the on this mic before and, and you know, that failed. <laughs> <laughs> but I will share that a, um, I'm seeing someone and it's really new, pretty new, um, and I'm adjusting to, like, the dating life again. Like, I think in the previous episodes when Jay and I would talk about, like, our dating stories, like, it was fun. Was, these are stories that yeah. happened and didn't result in anything. Uh, this one doesn't feel like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Where is he? We're just no. yeah. <laughs> uh, not going to mention any of that. Um, I will say there are certain things I am comfortable sharing, which I will share on this episode, and there are some things I am not comfortable yet. So I will, I'll share what I feel comfortable with. Absolutely. Um, again, it's fairly new, and we are currently long distance. Um, so most of our interactions are just like through the phone, through texting, and it's it's nice for what it is now because it gets it allows me to have time to do what I want during the day. And the same for him, you know, it's 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 nice. Like we do most of our conversations again are on the phone. Like we text and we call. Um, and the reason why I'm also even just doing this is because I, I don't think I would date a guy long distance if I know there is no ending or no, like, mm. oh, we're forever going to be long distance. He does have plans to move down to Southern California. He already, I, I remember we talking, I was like, you're going to do that before, right? Like, it wasn't just because of me. He's like, no, no, no. Like, I was going to do it regardless. So I was like, okay, cool. Just want to make sure you're not just, I don't like, I don't I don't think I'd feel comfortable with him moving just for me. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's so early on. Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Mel is like grinning from ear to yeah. ear. I mean, it's just so new. It is. It it's, is new. It's the newness is always like there's uncertainty because it's is. like the, the new phase of like in any relationship is just like, oh my gosh, are you the one? Is this going to happen? Yeah. You have to go through like boyfriend, girlfriend, like asking each other out. Like there's so many things and it's just there's a lot of uncertainty. So thank you for sharing at least that yeah. you are seeing someone. I am. And. I will say it's hard because, like, long distance isn't ideal for anyone. Mm-hmm. But right now what we're doing is that we do have, like, we have dates set to, like, oh, we're going to see each other this month. We're going to see each other then. So it's been kind of nice knowing that I have something to look forward to. Um, man, I will say, though, like, in the beginning, I was like, I kind of forgot how to date. I was like, am I doing this right? Like, I think, like, again, like, I think I feel like I forgot how to date. And this is the first time I feel like it's scary when you're like oh my god this could be a potential something yeah mm-hmm. what know? what were some moments where you're like i forgot how to date what specific moments i don't know i just feel like just my feelings are different now you know like i don't know like sometimes i wonder too like this is something i'm still processing is like the way i dated the way i liked someone was very different in my 20s and in my 30s mm. you know because i think 20s is a lot of lusting 30s is more like it's like 
it's i don't know just different like you're more realistic and less fantasy based yeah which is very different than how i usually operate yeah. like i am still fantasy based i might i think about other things you know i'm just like oh that was like, Ooh, pause don't jump the gun here because mm-hmm. uh, you kind of think about like what can this be yeah and I, I get excited about that I will say, even now in my 30s, and I don't know if you you guys don't know much about this yet, but like I get excited when I'm when I when I'm getting to know him. I'm just like, oh wow, I could see my friends really liking you, and that's something I never had before because y'all didn't like any of my exes. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like sometimes I catch you guys reacting to certain things. I'm just like, mm, I could. I, mm. Sometimes I wonder if you guys feel differently mm. this time around with someone I'm talking to. Well, know. I'll just say, maybe speaking on behalf of Janet too, that we're really excited for this potential relationship that you will all hear about maybe in the future. If crossing our fingers, it works out. So, yeah. um, very happy for you, Miss. Oh, and how did you meet him? And speaking about Man, balance, this- we're like we're just off the top, <laughs> off going off the topic of like yeah. dating right now. How did you meet him for someone who is mm. a full time entrepreneur right. and have so many other things to balance? That's a funny story too. Um, I think I hit a point in my life and I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready to like seriously date and I'm open-minded to being set up. So mm-hmm. I literally at that time, I texted a bunch of my friends and I was like, do you know anyone for me? And then I ran into a friend at an event at Bopomofo who's also an entrepreneur. And I was like, LOL. I, I think I just like, do you know anyone for me? Ha <laughs> ha. She's like, I actually do. Ooh. And then I was like, oh. And then so she showed me his Instagram and I was like, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> And then um, he happened to be in an event that we were attending. Mm -hmm. So we went to the event. She's like, I'll let him know to say hi to you. And at the event, the three of us were just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like We were kind of like, oh, we saw him. And I was getting really nervous. But I think it it's weird because I didn't meet him online. It it happened in a way that I think in some ways is kind of ideal. Like I met him through a mutual friend. Like it was an event they were naturally going to be at. And I feel like that was like the perfect way Mm. in my own mind. So, but y'all didn't talk at the event. You just eyed each other. (laughs) And then you're like, Oh, let's get a drink over here. I'm like, okay, let's walk over there. Make ourselves available to be seen. Stand at this little table. Maybe he'll come by. Mm. All right, mom, we're going to leave you here so that he can approach you. (laughs) Do not approach you. Well, I would, uh, yeah. You both were a <laughs> little cute. shy. It was cute. I think it was and, a, yeah, yeah. I well, like, I like the way that it happened. I like, yeah. I like that it happened that way because I think it's a very innocent. Like, yeah. you just looking at each other, like afraid to go. It's like high school. Yeah. yeah. It means that there was mutual nerves. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And nerves, I feel like, are always a good sign in the beginning. That's true. He also did say he was like, it was hard for me to approach you because you're surrounded by friends the whole time. And I was like, mm. yeah. He's like, I didn't want to go up to be like, hey. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, Who the f are you? Yeah. I think we tried to leave you once, and I think you were like, oh, where are you going? And you follow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like follow us back. <laughs> yeah, but again, like yeah. So as an entrepreneur, it's I think it's also like in general, like not even as an entrepreneur, but just as a person. Like I think when you're ready to meet someone or in that state of mind, dude, you ask your friends, do you know anyone? <laughs> Girl, we know that's your constant question that we get asked. <laughs> yeah. from it's like one, who's your bridesmaids? Two, do you know any guys for me? I'm like, girl, you know the exact same guys I know now. <laughs> that's true, but that's why you have to keep asking and asking different people. That's true. Things can happen. That's, that's true. true. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And lastly, to wrap up this episode, we're going to talk about self-care, which I think is really important to really maintain work-life balance. So, you know, Janet, why don't you start us off? What are some methods you use and how do you fit that into your schedule? All right. So one of the biggest things that I've done for my own self-care in the last couple of months is move. 
Um, I've shared on a couple of other episodes how I have um, moved into a new apartment and a lot of this was because I was starting to feel really like stagnant and uninspired in my space. I'm sure a lot of people who have worked from home over the pandemic feel this where you know your environment can really have an impact on your overall mental and emotional well-being. Um, and you know, I'm not going to lie. It's not easy to take time away from your day, um, day to day schedule to do the research and, um, to figure out all the logistics. Uh, and it did take me many more months than I wanted it to, but I made it happen. And so I would encourage anyone out there who is feeling stagnant in your space, um, to put in the effort to change things up a bit. And if, if you know, moving your space is not an option, I have also found in the past um, when I'm feeling a little bit stagnant or uninspired that making time to take a vacation, even if it's just an extended weekend away to just expose myself to a new environment and a new space does wonders. I've personally found helpful for me and I would encourage for other people as a way of self-care is to make time to expose yourself to new spaces. How about you ladies? For me, the last form of self-care I did was a date with you ladies. Yeah. I felt like that was a self-care day for myself because that was the first time in five months that I was away from home and from my baby for six hours. And that felt insane. Like that's a, mm. that's a long time. I felt so much guilt for being away for that long. Um, but it was because we also were celebrating... Um, a, a good year in 2021 and I feel like as business owners something that when I'm talking to other friends who are business owners they say and we say also is that you don't have time to celebrate your wins like it's always going on to the next like fire and trying to put that out and just continuing to try to push forward and, and make progress but I think we intentionally try to make time to celebrate the wins that we do have because that's the fun of like running your own business right although we celebrated five months later, but like, you know, we're still doing it, you know? So us being out, we went to Malibu and sure, two of those six hours was just in traffic, but that's okay. Um, I I just felt like, I just felt so like invigorated from that trip and we went to the Getty. It was a museum and I just felt very like inspired to see something different and Mm. happy. And I was just very thankful to finally have been able to like leave my home and be outside for a little bit. So Making time for friends and people who will refuel me in other ways is definitely a form of self-care that I'm going to try and carve out more time to do. Other ways, we, Philip and I, we play tennis when we do have childcare at home. So um, when we have like an hour or so, we'll just go to the park and play some tennis. That's been a form of self-care. And also, I think I'm personally going to try and start challenging myself to go further than 10 minutes with my baby to in the car to go to like the Arboretum and other museums and other places and just like rip that band-aid and that fear of driving alone in the car with a crying baby in the back because that like gives me so much anxiety and I just could not do it the first time I went like five minutes away he was screaming his little head off and I'm just like oh my god I'm never gonna do this ever again and that I think that was like three months in and now it's five months and I haven't gone on a trip with him solo so I'm just like oh I just need to go and do it because I, I need to get out of the house most days I'm just in the house all day by myself with him and it just like it really kind of wears you down you know so I think for me a form of self-care is getting out there and showing the world to my baby self-care for him too even if he doesn't know it (laughs) drive to my house okay girl that is far (laughs) oh 
Oh, sorry. Showing the world to my baby. Sorry, that's really cute. cute. It's like, yeah, you can cry your little head off for 10 minutes, but you'll see the world. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. How about for you, Mel? Um, Okay, so for me, I love a good morning routine. So I meditate for five minutes. I think I said this before. I meditate for five minutes and I journal and I do my Korean alphabet flashcards. Oh, you still, yeah. I do the same 13. I haven't learned the other ones yet, but I just want to, I don't want to break that routine because I feel once I break it, I won't get back into it. So mm-hmm. I just still do it. Yeah. And what I do, depending on the morning, I make breakfast for Darlene and myself. So Darlene's my roommate. So sometimes I'll make like a scramble. I'll do like a, t- this morning I bought like the curry chicken from Trader Joe's on a wheat toast. So I think having breakfast in the morning really does set the foundation for the day. Because I'm like, I realize when I'm hungry, I'll resort to like instant noodles. Mm-hmm. So if I'm really set for the day, I'll do that. Um, I exercise now, which is yeah. something extremely new. So I try to do Orange Theory twice a week. And man, I freaking love endorphins. Oh my god, They're great, aren't they? I was like, damn. Like, And I also will say, I do prefer going with friends. So sometimes Janet will join or like go with Tim. It just makes the workout so much more fun. Like, there's one time I think Janet and I were both on the, like there's a routine where we have to like row on the machine and then do these like weird like dancing kicks. Oh. <laughs> and when she would do it, I just start laughing, but it just made it more fun, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's definitely more fun with friends. Also, for anyone who has listened to this podcast for a long time now, you know Mel did not know endorphins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from workouts before this episode that you are hearing now so just want to say yeah go bell lots yes. of progress thank you thank you i i will say i think self-care for me is also associated with like self-development yeah pushing myself like kind of you know pushing you know the baby to see the world like it's uncomfortable for you but you know you want to do it mm-hmm. for me it's like exercise is like uh no thank you but the fact that i was able to do it and it could be consistent it, it, it does feel good. And so afterwards, I'm like, I always feel a little bit better about myself. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad you found something that works for you, too. Yeah. Yeah. For now. I'm very proud of you, Mel. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, two more things I want to share. Nighttime routines also precious. Like, I only did this a few times this week. Again, I've been in, like, my season right now, I'm struggling a bit. But one thing that I like doing is, like, I take my time with my skincare and I put on a self-help podcast. Mm-hmm. It's been allowing me, I think, podcasts at night actually allows me to be really present in the moment because I'm listening and I'm not distracted by the TV or anything. Mm. And I take my time putting on lotion on my legs, on my like skin. I don't put on lotion on my legs regularly, so this is something new. <laughs> it's really dry. <laughs> and lastly, I don't know if this is like a stress relief, but on the weekends, when I wake up on Saturday mornings, the first thing I do is vacuum my room. Like I cleaning mm, my cleaning, house. Yeah. Cleaning my room and then doing my laundry every weekend now. Because I have a laundro, laundro bat? No. Cause, because I have a wash and dryer. <laughs> her wash and dryer is literally right outside her door. And if her bedroom, inside the home. Yes. And if you've been following ABG, you also know I didn't have one for the last like four years. So I finally have a machine in my house. So I just feel like I know the weekdays have been really busy. So if I able, I'm able to have a clean slate in my room, in my bathroom, just in my life, in my home living, I feel really good about myself. So cleaning is something I... As a form of self-care. Mm-hmm. So those are some ways I take care of myself. And thank you, ladies, for sharing as well. For sure. And thank you, everyone, for tuning into this podcast. We share a lot about how we are balancing our work and our life. And our, we talked about balance in a way that might be different from what people would expect, which is balancing your personal and your work life when it, it is on the same medium. So... Um, thank you for tuning in. We're curious to hear how you are also implementing certain ways to balance 
your own lives. Mm -hmm. If you would like to share, if it's the same as ours, different from ours, let us know in the comments of our latest IG post. And also if you are on our Discord, there is a subtopic for episode discussions and you can go in there and also include your work-life balance approaches as well. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support, or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube, where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dear ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at asianbossgirl. And we have a couple of shoutouts for today's episode. Coming from Peoria, Arizona, Josephine is sending a congratulations to Yolanda for getting her PharmD, wishing you the best of luck in your future as a pharmacist. In SoCal, Kelly is sending a shoutout to her sister, Lauren. Congrats on your associate producer credit on The Staircase. You're one of the hardest working people I know, and you absolutely deserve it. Bonnie in New Jersey is sending a shoutout to her dear sister, Sunny. I'm so proud to see how you've bloomed. I can't wait to witness more of the work you'll do to uplift API voices. And Thomas is receiving a shout out from Emily in New York. Knowing you has been one of the best and craziest things that has happened in my life. I love you more every day. Oh, that's so sweet. Peggy in San Diego is sending a shout out to her sister, Hetty. Lots of sister shout outs today. I really like that. I know you've been working hard at work, but hope you know how proud I am of you with what you guys do. Always cheering for you, even though I'm miles away. Love you, sissy. And from Fiona in Dallas, she is sending a shout out to all of the Dallas ABGs. Grateful to make some friends out here in Dallas through ABG. Thanks for hanging, Amy, Kelly, Teresa, Jess, and Vivian. We love it when ABG can bring women together. And Sophia from Toronto is sending a shout out to Eugene for being an amazing boyfriend for the last seven years and being extra supportive in the last year and a bit while she was completing her dietic internship. She loves you lots, honey. If you'd like to send a few words of encouragement or a shout out to a friend, check out the link in the show description or our link tree in our link in bio on Instagram and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. And with that, we will catch you all on the next episode. Bye! Bye.